Hello, everybody. Welcome to College Knowledge, Learning Allies podcast for college students who are blind or visually impaired. Um, this podcast brings together sort of the three elements of uh, Learning Ally, and that's mentors, resources, and community. I'm your co-host, Rashad Jones, blind mentor, independent living coach, and lifelong learner. Starting or maintaining relationships can seem easy for everyone else. But when you're blind or visually impaired, you know, what do you do when you can't recognize someone's face? How do you greet a professional you don't know? And how do you deal with dating and desire? Today, we'll be discussing these topics and many more, all related to developing and maintaining and navigating those professional, personal, and intimate relationships. I'll be talking with my co-host, Brian Duarte. How are you doing, Brian? Very well, thank you. Great. And we are so delighted to have um, the guest speaker for today, who is um, Caitlin Mangillo. Now, she's a blind mentor in our program. She's also a social worker who works with some of the most vulnerable people in our population, helping them um, to maintain their independence and really helping them find employment and just really be confident about who they are, really excelling in their lives. So, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us. How are you this evening? I'm great. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. No problem. Awesome. All thank right. you, Caitlin. Uh, thank you, Rashad, for that awesome introduction. Um, as Rashad talked today, uh, mentioned in the introduction, we will be discussing three major topics of uh, relationships. And uh, the first one is professional personal and romantic or intimate relationships. Um, the first one we're gonna start with today is going to be professional relationships and really what does this look like and, and how do we navigate that um, when some of the things that uh, society does or social um, society says that we should do um, to, to get along. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Um, so the first thing we're gonna kind of discuss is what is it like when we introduce ourselves to someone and they want to throw out a handshake? Where do, where do we kind of start with that? I'm blind, maybe I don't see them putting their hand out. Is there any ways that we can give some tips on how to do this or when to do it or when not to do this? So I always sort of, I, I'm, I'm totally, totally blind. I have um, light perception. Only so I can't see, um, you know, if someone's reaching out their hand to shake. And I know when I started my job, um, my my current position, about six and a half years ago, this was really challenging for me because a lot of times in, you know, college and graduate school and these kinds of things, you're not really having to shake professors' hands or fellow students' hands. Mm -hmm. So I sort of always recommend to people, and something that I do for myself is if I'm being introduced to someone. Um, I say, you know, hi, my name is Caitlin Mangillo, and I'll actually extend my hand in the general direction that I think they're facing, that their voice is coming from. Um, so this way, you know, I'm putting it out there first, and it's on them to kind of pick up my hand and shake. And I sort of do that as general practice. If someone says to, you know, says to me, oh, you know, I, I don't shake hands or something, they say, oh, okay, no problem. And I just put my hand down. But this way, I'm sort of jumping the gun and trying to get there ahead of them. You know, if they have their hand out already, and I don't see it, 
it doesn't matter because they pretty quickly, maybe there's a, you know, a second of awkwardness, but they'll pretty quickly, you know, take my hand if I'm extending it to them. Because it is somewhat awkward, sometimes you can't really tell how close you are to someone. So I definitely overextend my hand and there's always Mm -hmm. that slightly awkward moment where maybe you, you know, accidentally touch someone on the stomach or, you know, like in a weird sort of way. And you just kind of, I don't really have an easy answer for that one, unfortunately. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you bring up uh, two two good points that I that I would like to touch on. And the first one, I'm going to throw at my uh, partner here, Rashad. So um, the dynamic of male and female, right? We have this kind of thing where it's it's common uh, that men shake hands, right? So is that something that women do as well, Caitlin? Yes. Generally, okay. it's a great question. If you're meeting, if I'm meeting someone in a business setting, whether they be male, female. Um, I will always offer to shake hands. Uh, the relationship is different if it's a coworker, you know, from a different company, but someone you know in the field that you've met before, maybe then you you don't shake hands and you'll do like a hug or, you know, like I've even seen coworkers, women coworkers, like I'll, you know, kiss you on the cheek or something like that. Um, but generally the first time I always think, for me at least, rule of thumb is always to offer the hand no matter who the other person is. I agree. I think that it's uh, very important that uh, you you kind of follow social norms when in a professional setting. You um, you stand up straight, if you will. Um, you make eye contact, right? This is something that society says that we're supposed to do in a professional setting. You're supposed to make eye contact, but how do you do that um, as a blind person? Is that something that um, you all do in your normal day-to-day professional networking situations, Caitlin? Generally, um, the way I kind of get around that is I'm, I'm very cognizant to look in someone's direction. So even if my gaze is slightly mm-hmm. off to the right, off to the left, um, you know, I sort of try to hone in on where their voice is coming from and make sure that I'm at least facing their direction. Of course, I can't, unfortunately, meet their eyes. Um, but the same thing in like a presentation, if you're at a conference or something, it's important to, um, you know, kind of look in the general direction of the speaker and you know you some of us will go to these conferences where you're sitting at small round tables um in like a large ballroom or something so you can't actually tell like which way the front of the room is or where the speaker's coming from so I'll sometimes ask someone like oh hey you know is the front of the room off to the right off to the left so at least Mm -hmm. I look like I'm putting in the effort of trying to be attentive um you know to the speaker even if it's a room of a hundred people, because it's, it's good courtesy to them, but also I think it's um, less socially isolating for the people around you who can see if your back is, you know, totally to the action. It, it, it looks a little yeah. awkward. Absolutely. That's, and that brings up a good point. Is it just me or if you're like at a, in a room where like maybe the tables or the chairs aren't facing where the speaker is, do you guys like turn in your chair like so that you can kind of face that way or do you turn the whole chair? Am I the only one who kind of like turns halfway and does all these <laughs> weird body things? Is that just me or what do y'all do? Does anyone well, know I'll tell you right I'll all. tell you right now. I don't like when my neck gets a crank in it from uh, having my neck turned to the right because my chair is facing to the left. So uh, <laughs> I'm probably with you, brother. I'll turn my whole chair, turn my whole body yeah. and, and kick back because if it's going to be a long one, I definitely don't want my, <laughs> my neck getting stiff because I'm looking to the right. 
Yeah, so sometimes those seating arrangements can be a little awkward. So that's that's mm-hmm. really what I was talking about. So okay, glad I, I do all kinds of stuff. So just awesome. awesome. <laughs> so the other the other kind of social norm that uh, that I think it's important, uh, blind or not, that we we kind of keep in mind is we have the whole standing up, we have the whole uh, making eye contact, if you will, or at least looking in the general direction of the person who's speaking or the person you're interacting with. I think that's really the key here is that. Um, we're not kind of extending an ear to them. We're giving them our attention. I think that's just a, a matter of respect. Would you Would you both agree with that? That we're just kind of respecting the person that we're speaking with enough to to give them our attention by uh, pointing our body at them, letting our our physical body language kind of complement our our verbal language in that in that aspect. Absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. and then and kind of the the other thing that I think is really important and and. Uh, um, Rashad and, and Caitlin is what would you say about personal and kind of uh, of boundaries if, if yeah. you will so you know there is a boundary right you you don't want to be if like I think what we call it nowadays is being in someone's bubble right you don't want to be in someone's bubble um, when you're having these encounters is there like a safe distance for these conversations if, if it's busier room do we get closer but how close do we do we hug do we uh, you know, what is that? How do we navigate that as a blind person? Well, um, I would just say, if I can, um, it's just, you really have to, I think it's best to be a little bit more professional than you might normally be in, in a situation. I'm thinking here of like job interviews or meeting some um, staff members or, or professors or things like that, people who you'll be working with in a professional capacity. So. You know, this is just where I'm coming from, but I think it's important to portray that you're a little bit more professional than you would normally be and then allow them to, you know, give you the cue to relax a little bit. I think sometimes people um, start off nowadays, some some of us start off a little too personal, you know, a little too informal. And while you definitely want to get to that point in some cases, it's really important to make sure that you're respecting that this is a professional situation until it's otherwise dictated or you know it it, it can be kind of tricky for some people to understand those social cues and those social norms so just thinking about those people you know I think that's really important to point out. I agree with you I think that um, you know a lot of times you want to be when you're in a business setting you want to be more professionally professionally minded and I know for me a lot of times um, you know it really depends if it's if it's like a, a coworker or a colleague, someone I don't know that I'm meeting for the first time, I won't ever, I won't ever hug them. Um, I'll, I'll always just shake their hand. But if it's someone, you know, from a different, who works in the field, I've met maybe a couple of times at conferences or at meetings, or we've had some interaction or maybe they've, you know, changed jobs or something, then, you know, maybe you do hug them. But I always generally let people, um, other people take the lead because I don't ever want to go and, and go in for the hug and have them, you know, kind of not expect it. Um, so I sort of approach it that way. And I think Brian, your, your point about the bubble is really, really good. And I do find that, you know, even for myself really challenging because I can't really see at all where they are in time and space. So I know a lot of times what I'll do is on the, the initial meeting when doing the handshake, I kind of try and stay, um, stay in one spot unless we're, you know, it's a, it's a, you have to move from point A to point B because I know 
at least initially, I was arm's length away from that other person. Um, and that's generally a, a fairly socially acceptable distance to be, you know, in a, in a professional relationship. Of course, that changes if you're in a noisy room and maybe you have to incline your head a little bit to you know, hear what someone's saying. But um, I feel like generally if you, can, if you can see or even if you can use the initial handshake um, to kind of gauge like staying about an arm's length away from someone is, is generally um, comfortable for most people. You know, you you both you both kind of uh, um, make me think of something, um, and and this is this is probably a little bit more along the lines of uh, someone who's maybe not done this as often, or uh, maybe isn't kind of quite the extrovert as some of us are. Uh, but like, <laughs> is it my responsibility to make someone comfortable with my blindness, or is it something that? the way that I position myself and the way that I carry myself and conduct myself will kind of like make that all come together. Is that like, is there, is there something that I need to be doing or saying to make them comfortable? Can you give me some kind of feedback on that? I feel like that's the $1 million question, right? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like if it was an easy answer, we would all be very rich and a lot more comfortable probably with ourselves. Oh, yeah. Well, I ask it as a provoking question, but I ask it from experience because I'll tell you uh, as a personal uh, testimony, if you will, when I was uh, kind of newly blind and, and kind of meeting people for the first time, I, I always was trying to uh, quote unquote prove myself, right? Prove myself is what? Well, what I was trying to do was I was trying to prove myself as a man, um, a father, as a person a professional, but then to do it in such a way to where they would look past the blindness. And and really what I learned over time was that they didn't need to look past the blindness. The blindness was part of me, but what they needed to see was me first. I think that's, um, that's really powerful. And I know for me, uh, the job I have right now is the one that I, um, it's my first job that I've had after graduate school. So when I started, I was 20, four, maybe 25. I was pretty young. It was my first ever, in air quotes, big girl job, you know, where it wasn't like, I'm a camp counselor or something like that. Um, and I kind of struggled with the same thing initially and kind of feeling, even though I'd been blind all my life, I kind of felt like meeting these new people who are all these, you know, business people and all they're going to see is, you know, my guide dog or the fact that my eyes don't, you know, focus straight and, and they're not going to listen. They're not going to see the worth in me being here. And I think it's also even too just a matter of, you know, a matter of time. And as you do it more and more and you get more comfortable and you kind of are in these really, let, let's be honest, like these really challenging situations where, you know, you're the new kid in the room and you don't really know anyone and it's mobility wise, maybe difficult and it's all new people. Um, and you really kind of push yourself. Um, and I think as you do it more and more with time, you get more confident in yourself and you get more comfortable. And I know for me, I, I would always kind of just like, the mantra in my head that, you know, often at the beginning, at least I kind of failed on, but over time it's gotten easier. And it's like, you're, you're meant to be here. You're supposed to be here. You can, you can sit at this table. You can play with these people too. Like you, you have worth no matter, you know, what you are, what you're not like, you're here because of your intelligence or your job or, you know, whatever, you know what you're talking about. And, you know, if all they can see is you being blind, like they're missing out on a lot. So. Absolutely. And I think and I think that this is a, a topic that we could all three probably talk about for hours because it, it's very 
it's very important that we that we do know how to conduct ourselves in a very professional matter. We're all aspiring engineers or social workers or lawyers or doctors or I mean just any anything out there and to kind of to compete in today's market we really need to have these skills and um, some people can say oh well I'm blind those don't apply to me but really they do because they're they're really more about respect than they are uh, anything else so with that being said let's go ahead and transition into the personal networking space so when we talk about uh, meeting people personally, we're we're not really always going to be doing the handshake. We're not really going to be doing the um, eye contact as rigorous as we would in a professional setting. But there are still some key things to keep in mind, um, and and also there's that aspect of where do I find these people? How do I know if they're interesting um, to me? And what does this setting look like? Um, is this something that uh, I'm going to be doing at work. Is this at a restaurant? Do I have to go somewhere special? Like, what does this what does this whole thing look like? So, where where are some places that would? Um, how do I get involved with people at a personal level? Is there is there a place? How do I get involved in general? Um, well, I would say, as college students, you know, you, you go to your classes and things like that, and that even can be depending on on the nature of the class you can probably find some people who you connect with on some level, maybe who you could have lunch with or something like that, just by listening and, and even some of the interactions that you may have in some of your classes. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking mm -hmm. here about um, maybe some general ed classes. I remember one time I was in a, um, like a American politics class, something like that, or it was some sort of um, civics class or something. Anyway, uh, political science or something. So what was interesting to me was, so the classes can be kind of long, so, but I would have questions about certain things. And so I'd ask questions. And then there was somebody who, um, who always asked a bunch of questions or they, they kept on prolonging the time. So the girl behind me, I remember she'd like, oh my gosh, like, is she still talking? And I'm like, yep still talking and we struck up a pretty cool friendship for that semester um i mean she was like my best my best friend in that class because we ended up this sounds really bad but we ended up complaining together about like how long the class was <laughs> or like how difficult it was when we didn't have really any assignments and we just had tests and things and it was just it was really interesting so I, we made fast friends so just even if you if you're able to pick up on some of their um mannerisms and things like that and y'all share similar interests and things like that then i think that's one way you could do it um so that's that's that was me what about you um caitlin what do you think or i um yeah. i think that's an awesome point you know like it sounds so silly but complaining over like mutually complaining is an yes. awesome way to make friends oh my gosh. <laughs> um but i do also <laughs> i know most of our listeners are are maybe college students or graduate students and um, I think just looking, you know, locally, like looking on your campus, normally um, campuses have a lot of really great either like intramural sports or clubs or different organizations based on a whole host of interests from, you know, political parties that you affiliate with to drawing to theater to really liking to play Frisbee to um, doing some kind of community service activity or something like that. Um, so I would say, you know, if you're, um, if you're in college or you're in graduate school, definitely look no further than your, your campus community, because it's, 
it's one of the easiest ways to make friends is to surround yourself with people that already have something in common with you. So when I was in college, um, I was an English major. I loved reading. I still love reading. Um, so I, I joined the book club, um, you know, and that was, those were people who had an interest in common with me even before I met them. I knew that they were going to be readers and, and that, you know, if nothing else, we could talk about books. Um, and I also joined like a social justice kind of club um, because, you know, I, I cared about, you know, those sorts of issues and, and still do. Um, and I had a particular community service scholarship at my school. So I had to participate in different community service events and, and things. So I met people through those sorts of different activities who already had, um, you know, some things in common um, to me, which is, is a great way. I also know that for some of our students, maybe they're commuting to school or online college programs are, are now a really big thing. Um, so something that I found really useful is uh, using websites like Meetup, I think it's meetup.com, where you can kind of mm -hmm. type in interests and find um, like groups in your area of people that could be any ages, you know, but they have all sorts of different things like a dog, you know, dog walking clubs to book clubs oh. to um, square dancing clubs to any kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's sort of the same sort of factor of look for people that care about the same stuff you care about. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, I think a really good way, at least initially of trying to meet folks that are kind of at your same level, I'd say. Yes, yeah. yes, and indeed. And I think that you really, you really hit on it. Um, perfectly when you just kind of said common interest brings people together so you think about the friends that you have or that you've had uh, really I think what brings you together is common interests or in Rashad's case common differences uh, <laughs> that, uh, you could that you could voice together that's there's something very powerful about that in, in any relationship and so um, just putting yourself out there um, into meetups where you can say, hey, I like to go to stepping on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Maybe somebody does, somebody else does as well, right? Um, or, hey, I'm an engineer. Um, maybe I'll find somebody who's an engineer in my classes, right? Or, um, you know, just even beyond that, a church is a great place. If you, if you have yeah. a religion, um, finding somebody at church, getting involved with uh, small groups at church and um, joining clubs. Um, I found that uh, joining clubs was very powerful for me. I got involved um, early on in student government when I was an undergrad. Uh, I served on the uh, student, undergraduate student government, undergraduate, yeah, USG, undergraduate mm -hmm. student government for uh, three years when I was an undergrad. Um, and I was the Senate president for a while. So getting involved at that level, you, you start to meet people and you don't meet just your peers, but you meet like the deans. I remember I'd have dinner and lunch and the dean actually gave me tickets to an Arizona Diamondbacks game. Um, and it was just because we had built wow. up that relationship through these different uh, um, involvements that I was in. And then clubs, I created a club called Disabled Athletes and Allies. And it was really just geared to uh, bring people with disabilities together with those with quote unquote no disabilities and, and get them involved around something like sports or activity, working out, exercising, um, gardening. I created a group called Homegrown Devils and that was all about gardening. And again, we had, we had equal amount of people with disabilities as people without disabilities coming and, and they loved it. So really just getting involved is what I'm trying to get at. I think where all of us are really trying to get at, right? Um, yeah just understanding that there are differences in people some visual some not visual but they're still just as important right culture relationship 
um, you, you're going to have friends. You're going to have people that you're going to meet. They're going to have different cultures. In the professional setting, we talked about those who may want to shake hands and those who may not want to shake hands. And that can be for a lot of reasons. Um, knowing that there's this uh, very big, important thing, and it's gender identity. Um, you know, understanding that somebody want to talk as a, a man, as a woman, or, or as some other um, gender um, agnostic, if you will, uh, um, identity, um, but being cognizant of those things and, and those people. I think all this stuff that Brian and Rashad, you guys hit on is perfect for making connections. But the one other tool that um, I know friends of mine have used in, in the past to kind of reach out and sort of form like new friendships, new relationships is actually like even looking as far as social media. So if you look on Facebook, you can find like nearby events um, in your town, if that's a carnival or if that's some sort of like chicken week, chicken wing eating contest or a concert mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> right. definitely. But that's a that's like a cool way too to find something that even if you're not interested, it's it's like okay, well, it's a way to get out there. And even you know, the getting out there, I think, is the biggest thing. Like, just be a little bit brave and you know, stick yourself outside the box to to meet people. They're they're not going to come to you. You have to kind of do your part to go to them too. And I'm really glad you said that because um, getting out there can be really challenging. I know for me, sometimes, believe it or not, Brian, sometimes it was kind of kind of uh, something that brought me a little bit of apprehension because I'm like little practical things like how am I going to get there? That was always a thing. So I think that's really something I wanted to bring up. And that's really important uh, about making those friends and, and, and acquaintances early on, even at the classroom level, you know, finding those people, seeking them out there, because that's going to be a real issue. You know, you might not know where everything is on campus or uh, heaven forbid, if it's an off-campus event, how are you going to get there? So I think mm-hmm. really doing your best to, in those groups, and one group that you guys did not mention uh, was like a music organization. Uh, I'm a little partial because that was my that was my thing in college. <laughs> um, as well as, uh, I mean, on a collegiate level, like um, in terms of like the fraternity that I was a part of, am still a part of just as an alumni now. Um, but being, being involved in that. And then also on a, um, from a, a, uh, like a religious standpoint, uh, I was in a gospel choir at my college. And the thing was, uh, I loved it because it was more than just at that time, a, go- a gospel choir. It was really something where we like had a Bible study and things like that. And so for me personally, like that faith-based organization was something that held a lot of importance in um, shaping who I am. Um, and, you know, I'm still in touch with some of those people to this day. We have had brunches um, every year, excluding this new year. But on New Year's Day, we've always had a brunch for the past like seven or eight years. So, you know, these are the kind of relationships that can really be long lasting if you're willing to just step out there even absolutely, a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's really good. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because there's there's uh, very few things that are as, as uh, close to people's hearts, at least uh, um, these days. And music is definitely one of them. <laughs> music and sports and, yeah. and, and faith are, are very important things to, to individuals and, and they bring you close. So, yeah, definitely. Well, I think that it's a good time to uh, segue into romantic relationships. Now, this is going to be 
talk about interesting long lasting, one, right? Yeah, we <laughs> talked about long lasting. Where are you going to find one at, right? Um, so let's let's dive into this and understand that there could be some some issues and some tough questions that people have that otherwise they wouldn't ask in a public setting. But I think once they pop this uh, podcast on, they're really going to find that hey, maybe we touched on some of those <laughs> difficult things, and uh, and they can ask. Feel free to ask questions. Um, so when I'm when I'm thinking of uh, romantic relationships, uh, that could be a boyfriend and girlfriend. That could even be something deeper when you're talking about um, marriage, right? Um, and you want to start a family and all that. Um, what what are some ways to go about finding a, a romantic or intimate relationship? Do you have any any ideas in that? Like, where would I go to find these? Is it is it the same? Is it different? How do I conduct myself in those manners? Those are kind of the things we're going to look at. So, Caitlin, what kind of what kind of avenues or what kind of uh, tips can you give me in looking for a relationship that's a little bit closer than uh, a personal one? So, I think the first thing I would say is a lot of romantic, intimate relationships, whatever term you want to use, will actually come from you know, a, a personal friendship or a shared interest first. Doesn't always, of course, mean that. Like they always say opposites attract. Um, but it definitely can come from, you know, just, just being friends with someone. I know that um, my husband and I, we met in college and we were friends first, pretty tight friends for about two months before we started dating. Um, you know, and that just came from, we had a mutual friend who introduced us not not to be, um, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, but just like, oh, hey, she's new and he's nice. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it can kind of come from that. You can also find, um, you know, people, people are everywhere. People are out there. You can certainly do the online thing if you, you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, it, it can, come, you know, come from really anywhere. You never know when you're going to meet someone. It could be that, you know, someone in your, your group in, in class that you're working on a project with, or it could be, you know, you're walking your dog, or it could be someone that you work with, or you commute every day with. Um, and I would just say, you know, I think I would say, just be open to possibilities if you want to be in a relationship. But also, I've seen people who kind of get mired in the openness to possibilities and if it's not happening on the same timeline that they'd like it to you can get depressed or anxious or upset and say well what's wrong with me why don't i have a boyfriend why don't i have a girlfriend why doesn't you know why aren't i going on dates and things like that so it is it can be discouraging and i think i would just i mean it sounds maybe a little bit trite and overused but i think there's worse to it that it's going to happen like you know just like we talked about before kind of know your worth and that you're super awesome and and you know someday someone will see that but you know to put yourself out there to to be brave to go on dates to you know be friendly to introduce yourself things like that and if it's not happening that doesn't mean it's because you're doing something wrong it just means it's not happening um and if you're worried you're doing something wrong ask a friend like yeah. or ask a, your sister <laughs> ask your brother like this is how i handled this situation would you have done it differently be open to that kind of feedback because For maybe sure. you know that opinion will help too let me ask let me ask this question to both of you. Is there a way to poise myself when I'm looking for a relationship of this type? Is there like how how should I like hang the flag if you will and say, "Hey, uh I want to try to date. I want to take this relationship from my 
um, my music group or my sporting group or my meetup to maybe the next level? Is there a way to kind of position myself or poise myself for that? Oh, that's a toughie. (laughs) (laughs) That's a toughie. (laughs) I mean, uh, for me, like, college was just a very, hey, let's just all hang out um, thing. And I didn't really, not very much, I would say, wasn't really looking for anybody in that regard. I mean, there were times where, you know, something would have been nice, but I I didn't, I, I just didn't even focus on it because I knew that I was so lacking in this, in that area, um, contrary to what, me, what people might believe about me. But um, it can be tough. It can really be tough, especially when we consider that, um, you, know, you know, I had a visual impairment. And so I'm like, well, what? No one's going to look at me in that way. That's just always been kind of my default when it comes to that kind of thing. So it was, it was actually mm-hmm. kind of a rough one for me. You touched on the main point of why I asked that question. Um, I'm blind. Nobody's really going to look at me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when did when did you find or have you found how how to kind of change that? Did it happen in you? Did it happen because of a friend? Like what really gave you that 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 notion that hey, uh, yeah, I'm blind, but it, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. I think that for me, everything that we've kind of been talking about all centers on the same. Like relationships are hard. They are not easy at all. They are not easy if you're sighted. They're not easy if you're blind, any kind of relationship. But I think for for me, at least, I know that, um, you know, it's kind of all the same. Like, I have to remember that I have worth and, and that, you know, I am much more than just blind, but that's an important part of me. And I have to be okay with, you know, the facets of myself, all of them, um, the ones that I like and the ones that maybe I don't like as much. Um, and especially in regard to blindness, it's, it's a matter of, you know, remembering and kind of constantly reminding myself, like you, you have a place here in this relationship, in this job, in this family, in this, you know, whatever it is. Um, and there's definitely days I've been married now for, oh God, almost seven years. And there's days where I better not forget that. Right. June 8th, June 8th, 2013. Um, (laughs) but there's, there's uh you know like even days where i'm just like god i'm a terrible wife like if i wasn't blind if i wasn't this if i wasn't that like my husband would be so much happier with me so everybody has crappy days right like you Mm -hmm. have days where you just feel not okay about who you are and like that's okay to acknowledge that too um Mm -hmm. and hopefully just you know learn from that and like let it pass but i think you you know you attract the attention that you put out so Mm -hmm. if you like you know, if you're interested in pursuing a romantic relationship, be, be a little bit confident. And even if you're not like fake it till you make it, you know, mm-hmm. put it out there. Like I, I'm here, I'm cool. I'm cool with who I am. And you know, that makes people automatically more comfortable if you seem like you're comfortable in your own skin. I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, it's, it's about you developing that confidence. And again, I think it goes back to these uh, social interactions and things, but really, having uh making sure that you participate in that stuff is really important because then it's not only what you do during those interactions it's about the food that you go and have afterwards the hangouts that you have even after the official meetings that's Mm -hmm. really where a lot of the relationship building takes place and i think there's a lot of potential for uh things to possibly escalate or you know go further but another thing that caitlin you brought about brought out was 
just um and you guys both said it's being comfortable with who you are and and all of those types of things i mean that that can be many different facets and levels and you know different avenues of that you know layers to that whole topic but being confident in who you are can make or break you in that so just learning to relax and then you know there's inevitably somebody who's going to take notice and then if you if you notice somebody that you could kind of uh you know think that you that there's something there between the two of you then um building the courage to say something about it mm-hmm. okay so here we go i've got some confidence my friends tell me i need to do it i'm interested in it kind of but let's give it a try i want to do online dating have you ever done this? Is this a thing? Can blind people do that? Should blind people do that? I have friends that have done it. There's thousands of apps out there that do it. What should I do? Should I do it? I Caitlin. I know. <laughs> I told you it was going to get challenging. Let's do it. I know. I know. So full disclosure, I haven't dated in... Um, Seven years, at least. Well, no, uh, 13 (laughs) years, actually. Okay, okay. I'm I'm an old lady. Um, And uh, (laughs) so when I started dating uh, my husband, who was then my boyfriend, online dating wasn't really a thing with like OkCupid Mm -hmm. and eHarmony and stuff. So I never actually used them because I wasn't, um, when I started dating him, I wasn't really looking for a boyfriend. Um, I was just kind of having fun and being 18. but I definitely think, you know, it's the wave of the future, right? Like there's, a, like you said, Brian, and you're right. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of apps. And I think your mileage is going to vary certainly because a lot of them are very, what would you call it? Like picture based maybe, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. you know, so maybe from, from what I've talked to, you know, my, my girlfriends who might be visually impaired um, or blind, you know, being, you know, really cognizant of, of like, you know, you being able to write your profile on your own, even if you can't type it into your iPhone and you want to have your friend or your sister or your, you know, whoever, your coworker, whatever it might be, a, a you know, someone that you feel tight to and, and um, that, you know, is going to help represent you, even if you're not typing it in yourself, but they're doing it, mm-hmm. know what you want to yeah. say, have it be your words. Um, but then also too, like, you know, if you're curious, you, you start connecting with a guy or a girl and like, you know, you want to know what they look like and that's, that's okay. Like we're, mm-hmm. you know, curious, even if we can't necessarily be vain in like the same <laughs> definition. So, you know, go back to that. Who friend says, and say, hey, it's all about equality, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, Hey, is this, what's, what's his look like? Does he, you know, does he have mm-hmm. long blonde hair? He looks like a surfer or maybe, you know, she's a goth or maybe, you know, he's a punk or, you know, punk rock kind of style or she's mm-hmm. really short. She's really tall. And, you know, if that matters to you, then yep. awesome. And if it doesn't, awesome. But, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing to kind of have an idea of what the person looks like, um, you know, because everybody else gets that feedback too. Absolutely. So I, I think Absolutely. it's okay to know and ask. Well, before I give my personal story, Rashad, do you have a personal <laughs> story from, uh, from uh, this online dating thing? Or do you have a, a perspective of it? <laughs> Boy. Calling you out. Oh, gosh. On the money, Um, Rashad. Yeah, you definitely are. Okay. So, um, online dating, these apps, uh, I really believe that you should exercise a lot of caution Mm -hmm. and common sense 
mm-hmm. when you go on these things. Um, according to research, <laughs> of course, y'all understand yeah. that. You know, <laughs> research suggests that just because these are um, applications, uh, dating applications, you still should probably may want to think about how you present yourself on them. I mean, (laughs) a lot of good can come from them. You know, if you're looking for a casual hookup, Um, but it can also be um, a situation where people, number one, are like, what are you doing on this app? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, they'll look at your physical appearance and there are a lot of ignorant people so when you get on these apps, you're not necessarily going to be finding people who are um, understanding of people who have disabilities. So that's something that you have to really be ready for. Um, I remember on one app, I posted a picture of myself and um, I take a picture of myself and they're like, what's wrong with you? Or, you know, I mean, you can get some really negative feedback from some people. Not, that's not the majority. Now, let me make that clear. That's not the majority. Um, the research indicates that it's not the majority, but you know, you might find one or two people who have a negative view of Mm -hmm. people who have disabilities or just are very ignorant and don't understand and aren't looking to understand. So in those instances, I would say, yeah, I would say it's rough again, but you have to breathe and then come back to it later and figure out, you know, how you want to present yourself. And then uh, when you do that, um, you know, be very cautious about how you interact with these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, meetups and things are pretty cool, but you know, you're taking a chance. I would say that you might not necessarily take in a more mm-hmm. traditional setting, depending on what you're looking for. I'll put it to you like that. And then, if you're not, if you're too open, if you're too willing to eager to have somebody, um, you know, and that, this can be in a traditional setting too. But I, I, I I'm thinking of. Um, research and uh, <laughs> okay stuff that maybe I've encountered and then um, you know stuff that you watch on things like 90 Day Fiance for instance um, you just the world is an interesting place and I'm not saying don't use them because then you know the researchers and the other participants <laughs> might think that I'm being a hypocrite but what I am saying is <laughs> What I am saying is this is a this is a different time than you know your mm-hmm. your aunts uncles parents certainly so I mean we're gonna be out there a little bit um, you know so try to have somebody you trust like look at the pictures number one to be like hey what do you mm-hmm. think about this person mm-hmm. you safety know? first safety first I think absolutely let me let me ask you this question let me ask you this question I got a question for you. How about this? Do I tell people I'm blind on my profile? Ooh, good question. Do I just post a picture? Do I just write this awesome blog, this little post about me and how I love to go hiking every Thursday because research says that everybody likes to hike. uh, (laughs) um, And research also says that everybody likes long walks on the beach and candlelit dinners, right? If I put that in my profile and I don't say I'm blind, when do I tell them I'm blind? Is that something that you can, you got some feedback on? I know, I know my experience, um, but uh, let me ask you all first and then we'll, we'll move on to the next two little kind of points I want to bring up. Good question. That's a great question. Well, personally, I, um, I, 
do not have it in a profile. Um, so I will just wait until I make a connection with somebody and then I'll, I'll mention it in my personal introduction, you know, and then at that point I let them know, you know, Hey, I have this visual impairment, but I also went to college, have a degree, Mm -hmm. work three jobs, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and maybe that's the wrong approach. I don't know, you know, because it, it's kind of like, well, the blindness maybe, maybe somewhere in my mind is mm-hmm. like a, a nuisance to somebody else, or it could be a deterrent. So since I know, I guess since I know that some people might view it in that way, then you know, I do. I just let them know the 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 reality of it. So uh, that's the way that I've handled it. Caitlin may have something different. Absolutely. Caitlin, do you have a kind of a, a perspective? I know that you said you don't really have experience with it, but do you have any? Feedback? I do have thoughts, though. Sure. Of course, I have thoughts on all things. Um, <laughs> I so I I agree. I um I think the only one thing that I would say is that I feel like this is a very much um, your mileage may vary, and there's no right answer and there's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. It's really what you want to do, and based on an individual thing. So I absolutely think um, that, uh, Rashad, I think your approach of, of not saying it until you kind of connect with a person, there's a ton of value and merit to that. Um, you know, and, and really you, you're able to present it in a longer form way. But I also think too, if you, you know, if you felt like you wanted to put it out there initially, awesome, all the power, more power to you, right? Um, but, you know, you can do that. You just have to know that like, okay, well, if I connect with someone and I match with someone, maybe they're only matching with me because they want to ask all these questions about guide dogs and reading Braille and that kind of stuff. So you may encounter that. And, you know, you, you also, it might be hard to know too, well, I'm not getting as many matches on Tinder or Bumble or, you know, whatever the other ones are, mm-hmm. um, because I do have this out there and is, are people discriminating against me because of it? So I've seen people kind of vary it where maybe initially they put it in there and then, you know, after two months, they take away the blind part and see if that changes. Um, so I, I think, you know, I really think it's a personal opinion more than anything else. I don't think there's one right, one wrong way to handle it. Well, you took my story, so now I don't have to share it anymore. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I Sorry. think you brought up, you bring up the, the, my experience at least. And so um, a few years back, I did try an online dating app, if you will. It's called Coffee Meets Bagel. Um, a bunch of my friends had tried this app called Bumble and, um, Tinder was becoming a big thing. And so I had tried this thing and it was, and it was accessible. I did it on my iPhone and it was an app and, um, it was free for the most part. I think there was some kind of paid thing that you could have paid for more people or I don't know how it all worked, but, um, I didn't do all that. And, you know, I, I tried that. I put, I had my friends help me with the pictures and I was able to type my own bio and I tried it both ways. I, I tried it first telling people who I was and about me um and with the picture left the blindness out and sure enough you know i had matches um but then it became uh not uh, i wouldn't say it was awkward i don't know how awkward i ever get really but it became the whole oh you're blind well how do you live how do you eat who takes care of you who does it i'm like oh my gosh here we go right well then i was like well let's try to avoid that and let's only try to match with people who uh, are going to be okay with me being blind from the onset, right? And so I switched my profile and I, 
I left most of it there, but then I also put in a spot kind of in it that said, yeah, I became blind when I was 18 due to a motorcycle accident. And uh, I still continue to do what I do and um, I'm independent and it doesn't bother me. So don't let it bother you. Or, I don't know, something along those lines. Right. Um, and again, I got matches, but from the beginning, it was more of what I experienced later. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't that there wasn't uh, interest. It wasn't that it kept many people, at least I still had people that were interested, blind or not blind. But really, I think what we need to be okay with in a situation like this is people are going to have questions, right? People are going to want to ask. People are not familiar with it. There's a lot of people who probably never even think that blind people would be on an app like that. And it's always interesting when they are. And, and sometimes we need to be okay with answering questions and and letting them kind of quiz us. I think there's a point where we say, mm, okay, enough is enough. Let's get back to, to what we're here for in the, in, you know, the whole grand scheme of things. But um, I think letting them have that kind of Q&A time um, is a good thing. I personally liked telling them up front better than I did later on because then it's that whole, oh yeah, by the way, I'm blind thing. And that's not fun for anybody. And it's really not fair in my opinion. Um, but I think it is, is important to let them ask the questions and, and kind of um, be okay with it. And I think once they talk to you and, and get to know you more, that's, that's an okay thing. But that was my experience and you touched on it. You both touched on it. So I think we, we covered the online dating thing pretty well. Let's, let's move to this other topic of what do I want and what don't I want? I think these are two questions that people ask me all the time. Well, what are you looking for? What do you want? And, and my question, my answer is always the same. I'm not 100% sure what I want, but I know what I don't want. And that can be equally as important, right? If you know you don't want somebody who is an alcoholic or someone who does drugs or who smokes or who, you know, you maybe you are looking for someone who has the same faith as you. That that could be an important thing and that could definitely be a deal breaker, right? And maybe you want somebody mm -hmm. eh, it's not super important to me that they're musical, but that would be cool, right? You know, having these things in your mind and knowing when to settle and when not to settle. We all talked about this earlier in one of the personal um, relationship things is, is having common interests, right? Having things that are in common. Now, sure. some of these um, are negotiable. Others are not. So really having those listed out. So do you have any feedback or perspective on those? I know for me, um, if you look at my husband and I, we're very, very different. I'm kind of um, a little bit wild and a little bit free-spirited or a lot of bit free-spirited and very um, loud and excitable and enthusiastic might be a good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, he's very, very bright and he's very, very smart. Um, and he, he appears to be very serious. Um, so the two of us together is sort of like a, you know, kind of like an opposites attract sort of thing. Um, you know, and we do have very different interests. He's very interested in politics. I am annoyed by them. He, <laughs> you know, really likes cars yeah. and I just like that they take me places. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so there are, you know, we watch, uh, like he likes to watch the news in the morning. I want to just get dressed and go to work. Um, so those are small things that are very different um, from us, but there, there's a lot of like the core stuff that's the same. Mm -hmm. Like he is 
incredibly kind and generous. And I, I, I try to be those things, however I'm able. Um, and we both really love our families and we love dogs and we love stupid movies that are, you know, like bro comedy movies mm-hmm. that we can quote over dinner. Um, love it. and you love know, it. so it, it's, it's a, it's a matter of, I think, like you said, Brian, it's, what do you want? What do you not want? So it's, you know, but I think trying to, if, if someone has a lot of the core things that you value, some of the smaller stuff that's even surface, like if you can look beyond the surface differences, you know, give those folks a chance. Cause you might find that they're, 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 they're truly winners for you and they work so well with you. If deeper you connect more than just, Oh, well, you know, she really likes the, New England Patriots and I'm a Jets fan, so it's never mm. going to work. Like, I think you, mm. you don't want to sell yourself short, you know, and, mm. and sell mm. someone else short either. All right. All right. I, I, I get that. So now I have this uh, significant other or SO as my buddy used to say, Oh, it's my <laughs> SO. And I never knew what the SO was. And he, he let me know. So now I have this SO, this significant other. Um, what is the, difference between dating and hooking up is there a difference is this a fine line or is this a line that should be easily identifiable i think that depends on who you talking to and what the day is (laughs) anymore right anymore those lines can be yeah like now it's i have a friend who is like we're not dating but you still like you cook for them and Mm -hmm. then you like you're buying stuff for their seven year old. Like, what what do you call it if that ain't dating? I, That's I, dating I, to me. So I think it depends on the person. To me, it definitely depends if you um, are just in it for the physical aspects, mm-hmm. shall we say, um, the physical reward, if you will. Then I think it's it's just you know you're just talking. It's yeah. just a hookup. It's just a casual type of thing but then if there's more involved the more time that you are able to spend together comfortably uh then it's it's okay. dating okay in my so opinion. let me let me let me uh let me ask this and caitlin i kind of want your perspective on this uh be, with your background and in, in social working and things like that but okay now i have this this boyfriend this girlfriend or this partner and uh, i want to be intimate mm-hmm. um in in a physical way is this like do blind people do that like is that a thing that i should be free to do in in kind of a a broad sense obviously there uh could be religion or other other factors playing in and i'm not telling anybody that they have to go do this full disclaimer um but you know it it is a reality it is a a a fact and it's something that people do so if i want to be intimate like what what should i how do I go about that? How do I navigate this so that I am, am safe, but I'm also doing things, you know, correctly? So it's a, it's a good question and it's a hard question. Um, yep. But I do think that it's really, really important. So I think absolutely like, you know, I mean, not to be, not to be too upfront, but like there are, there are blind parents in this world and their children mm-hmm. did not just magically land on their doorsteps. Like, right blind people have sex. They do. Mm -hmm. And that's great. And that's fine. Just like sighted people have sex. Like Mm -hmm. it is not a thing Mm -hmm. that you should feel like you can't do or shouldn't do um, because you're blind or visually impaired. Mm -hmm. Like nine times out of 10, like 
you know, you're, you're, um, you're able to, to do that and, and you should do that if you feel comfortable. But I think in terms of navigating the waters of taking our relationship from, you know, like handholding or kissing or hugging or whatever, or maybe not mm-hmm. even doing any of those things, but wanting to do that and say mm-hmm. the most important thing is communication is key, right? Like you need Absolutely. to be communicating with your, either your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or, you know, I also don't think we should um, look down on the fact that like if, you're in college or even out of college or whatever, a lot of people just hook up. Like they'll just, mm-hmm. you know, they'll go to a, a mm-hmm. bar or a club or a concert or a wherever, and they'll find a guy or a girl and they'll make out and maybe they have sex, maybe they don't, that's fine. But with all of these things, if you're going to be doing something physical with someone, you want to, you want to talk it out. You, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it's not, we're going to sit down and have this really long, important discussion, but just, you know, <laughs> just, yeah. just say, Make sure you have your dissertation. <laughs> but it's it's really, really important to say to the person that you're with, um, is this okay? Can can I touch yes. you here? Can I kiss you there? Can I can mm-hmm. I do this to you? And um, you know, most most important is to respect people's boundaries. So if they yep. say no, no always means no. There's no gray consent. <laughs> consent right. is the sexiest thing you can ever have with someone else. Um yes. And likewise, yep. if you're the person and someone is doing something to you and they're not asking, tell them no. Like you are, your body mm-hmm. belongs only to you. You are, yes. no one is to touch you, to make you feel uncomfortable, to do anything, you know, like that. Um, and you should feel free to, to say no. And if, and if they are not respecting it, like, you know, then that's a, that's another conversation right or do you mm-hmm. leave? You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't ever have to feel like you need to do something to make someone else happy. I think you need to trademark that little yeah. slogan. Consent is the sexiest thing. Well, how did you say it? That you can <laughs> that have, you can with, have somebody. with somebody. Exactly. That is, that is good. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Um, <laughs> so yeah, definitely. And I and I and I want to I want to touch on these these things, especially for those who maybe are already sexually active or those who are probably. Uh, in that area, thinking about it, considering it, um, make sure that safety is your first priority. Mm-hmm. There are health centers on every campus, whether it's a community college, a uh, university, there's health centers all around um, towns and cities. And if not, you can definitely find them online that are, are near you. Um, if you go into any health center, uh, chances are they have condoms that are out there for free. Um, if you need pregnancy tests, hopefully you don't because you have an education to get. Um, But they also have resources, they have material, they will definitely bring you in and talk to you about um, the risks. And uh, um, I I was going to say instructions, but not instructions on how to do it, but instructions about Mm -hmm. like how to, um, to navigate those waters and and, and how to do that. So definitely be be aware of the risk involved anytime you do something like this. Um, understand where your resources can be found and also just be aware of like I said who you're with or not like I said but like Caitlin said is be aware of the people you're with the people you're involving yourself with and know that uh, um, consent is the most important thing Um, and so if I if I could um, just to kind of add to what you're saying um, because as a you know, like as a, as a woman who's visually impaired, 
um you know like a couple just sort of other other things too like um your your student health center like you said brian that's totally your your best resource but also like a good um you know good external resources well within the community is um planned parenthood um they'll provide like free std screenings and exams mm -hmm. uh for you if you need um they have condoms there as well they have pregnancy like the pregnancy blood tests that you can take um and normally for people who are in college maybe you don't have insurance or you have you know your insurance isn't great so normally it's either free or low cost um planned parenthood and then mm -hmm. just um you know like if you're out and about and you're you know going to a party or you're going to a bar or you're going to a club or you're doing whatever um and you are thinking like hey i might like to you know hook up with someone tonight totally fine awesome you do you um but you know be careful about things like if you're you know if you're drinking be cognizant of mm -hmm. you know how am i planning to get home um because you can't you can't consent if you're drunk um also mm -hmm. you know if you're if you're a young woman watch your drink don't leave it unless like sitting out on a bar if you're going to mm -hmm. the bathroom or you're going outside um and if you're you know it, you don't have to certainly but maybe that's something that you go with a friend to you know the bar or the club or whatever or you know even if you're going on a date um you know have someone like an accountability person that you're checking in with like hey i just got to you know the pizza place i'm meeting so and so mm -hmm. or hey i just got to the bar and and someone who knows mm -hmm. where you are um you know in case you need to reach out for help even if, even if it's not a consent issue but just something where you feel uncomfortable um you know a friend a family member someone who can help you get an uber if you need to um or be there for support you know someone who knows where you're at i think is a is a good safety kind of consideration when you're looking into meeting someone for the first time where you are going to be you know out drinking or hooking up or whatever um until you get Sounds into like, a more comfortable relationship absolutely it sounds like being prepared is really the name of the game in any of these situations right being being prepared so yeah well thank you both so much uh for this uh this time yeah. your your perspective your feedback and really tackling the uh, the fun but hard, hard questions um, of romantic, personal, and professional uh, networking or relationship building. Um, Rashad, it's always a pleasure. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much um, for having me. <laughs> same here. Yeah, thank um, you very much. Before we go, we would like to thank the Learning Ally staff, funders, and stakeholders for allowing us to start this new venture and creating a podcast. The hosts of the CSP College Knowledge Podcast are Rashad Jones, Rachel Greider, and Brian Duarte. Mary Alexander is the program director. The content writer was Kristen Waitucki. Abigail Shaw was responsible for producing and editing the audio. The social media distributor manager is Katie Otagio. And my name is Brian Duarte. Thank you for joining the College Knowledge Podcast. Thank you.